how can estate agents make their content more memorable? Thanks for joining me today. I'm with Neil Whitfield, who is an estate agency marketeer, and he helps estate agents get more business. Thanks for joining me today, Neil. Hi, Chris. Um, in, you are just written this book, Five Mile Famous, and in it you say that estate agents can get their uh, content marketed um, and more no more importantly noticed by doing this one thing. What's that one thing? Talk to me. It's telling stories. Okay. What? Why? Why do people love stories? Why are they so powerful? Well, I think it, it goes back to. To, to when we were living in caves long before we were selling houses. Um, that's how people come conveyed information. They would tell a story and... Um, Don't go near that because the saber-toothed tiger and... I, Ooh, scary. I, I went down to that watering hole and when I did, this is what happened and then I yeah. had to run away. And th there's a lot of psychological and neuroscience research to say that that the human brain finds stories a hell of a lot stickier than just uh, well, counting facts. Well, it's, you can't remember what your other half told you to get from the supermarket, but you can remember the plot line to the film yeah. from all the fairy tales that your parents told you when you were younger. Well, exactly, and fairy tales uh, have evolved from me means of passing on information from, okay. from generation to generation. Okay, so do all the stages now need to turn into Jack and Ori storytellers then? Uh, it would help. I mean, there are, there are, I cover it in the book, there are some very, very simple techniques. Um, the most simple being make sure that you've got a, a beginning, a middle and an end. Okay, beginning, middle, it's very easy to say. Are we saying like set the scene? I mean, I'm a huge fan of the hero's journey technique, yeah. which is more of an advanced. Yeah, and I, co I, I cover that. I mean, the, the hero's journey breaks it down and I use an example of, of how you can use the hero's journey to, to the example I use is, um, telling the story of when an HMO landlord came into to my agency, because it's a true story, um, and uh, having problems with poor quality tenants, lots of churn, we advised them of, you know, a way to potentially get a better class of tenant, get a higher rent. They then went on the transformation that they talk about in the hero's journey. And at the very end, they referred the property they got a better okay. quality tenant, and everybody lived happily ever after. The, the way I teach people how to do stories is, number one, set the scene. So yep. you've basically set who the, who the key players are, remembering that the hero is not you, the agent, but the person. That's important. Absolutely. Or as I call it, Obi-Wan Obi versus Skywalker. Well, the agent should always be the Obi-Wan. The it, agent it, should always be the, the wise sage and guide. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you set the scene, then the poo hits the fan. Yeah. Okay, because all good stories need a poo hitting the yeah, fan. Yeah. Um, and then the sage old wise comes in and gives certain options and paths. Yeah. Uh, and the best choice is not always the easiest choice, is it? No. And there's always usually a bit of a struggle along the way. It's got to be a struggle. Um, you know, it's a bit like my missus watch Homes Under the Hammer and they come back and they haven't done the house. Well, she's in a bad mood for the rest of the day. <laughs> but if you do that, this is the transfer. That's, you know, Homes Under the Hammer is, you know, is it going to sell? Someone buys it. What are you going to do to it? Come back 10 minutes later. This is it. I mean, I'll give you a case. I know, I know of um, the store, Grand Designs, the, mm -hmm. the TV programme, where they filmed it and it's never been published because there was no problems. Because it was just too smooth sailing. There was no problems whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Scary, isn't it? That, yeah. But that, that's what people watch it for. So what, what, could a state, what sort of stories could estate agents be doing? Can estate agents do it a bit like, um, you know, 
Mrs. Miggins wanted to move to her daughter in Droitwich, couldn't sell her, went on the market with a, uh, an online estate agent, uh, who had nothing wrong with online estate agents, uh, didn't get on very well. They came in, sorted it all out, difficult decisions to make. Now, daughter lives in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I cover it in the book, but, you know, other people's stories are more compelling and more believable than the estate agent saying, look at how clever we are. So actually, the, the best example So the estate agent can tell the story of the person. Or, even better, the person tells the story of the person. Yes, I agree with that. So but Getting someone know, on camera is going to be hard work, isn't it? Um, I think a lot of it comes down to timing. You know, it, it, if you have just got them out of a problem, really delivered a fantastic service, and you ask the question, then they can only say no. And, and if you've done such a good enough job that you've saved it, then they're going to give 10 minutes of their time, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you don't need 300 vendor testimonials on your website. If, if you were to ask 10 vendors and three of them said yes, then that's going to be pretty compelling, especially if they're each you know, a, a, a different sort of vendor with a different sort of problem. Because I think people like to see... People like them. Yes, uh, people have to relate to the story, so you must yeah. have... But that does sound like an awful lot of hard work, Neil. Yeah, but you only have to do it once. True. So um, I think that would be, you know, that, that's up there as the, you know... The, that's the gold standard. The gold standard. If you can't get people to appear on camera, then at least you can, you can write about it, but very much from the point of view of them being the hero, as you said, um, and intersperse that with... You know, if they're not prepared to appear on camera, then they may write something or they may allow you to, to quote them and, and have their words in that. Um, and very few, I think, would, would object to, to doing that if, as you say, you've got them out of a sticky problem or you've really, really helped oh. them. Does this also work for landlords and tenants? Absolutely, yeah. And I, and I think, um, uh, using the example that I did of, you know, it's far more compelling to talk about a real person had this challenge and we helped them solve it rather than just saying, you know, we do HMO management. Um, it's a real relatable thing. I think tenants as well are a massively untapped resource. I talk about, I don't particularly talk about it in the book, but I think, um, I think forward thinking letting agents could do very well to adopt what I call a tenant's first approach. Now, that's not to the exclusion of landlords. It's not saying you don't need to be compliant and all the rest of it. But if you actually prove that you deliver a great quality service for your tenants, tenants and ex-tenants are a massive untapped resource that most letting well, agents almost, have. I mean, I heard of one agent who basically would, you know, found out that the daughter moved to, to a house and she, she was slightly autistic and really wanted CBBs, so they actually organised CBBs to, over the weekend. I mean, that was five years ago, and still I remember it. Yeah, but I, th I, th I think without being particularly cold and calculating about it, if you're in a local town and you've got a churn of tenants, naturally it just, just happens. Agents need, for a start, to give themselves the right to, do, to maintain a relationship with tenants and ex-tenants after they've left. And I know we're going off on a tangent, but one of the key things to, to maintain that relationship with a, a tenant as they move into being an ex-tenant is not to be short-sighted and 
fuck it up at the move out by getting into an argument over a £50 carpet cleaning bill. But assuming you leave and everybody's on good terms, then you should be communicating with your tenants and ex-tenants because it's far easier to get them coming back to you than paying for an add-on right move. But I think using tenants and ex-tenants in your storytelling is is incredibly powerful because if if people have a negative perception of estate agents as being you know all, all being alike Ooh. then i think letting agents are in an even worse position in terms of most tenants will be very critical of of the service that they receive from letting agents so actually if you are delivering a good service and you can actually show real life tenants saying these people are, are, are a little bit different then that's going to count a long way and 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 will and landlords will pick up on it as well because landlords want their tenants to be looked after absolutely and um you know certain types of landlords you know depending on their personality type that will be the the, the key thing Ooh. to them others you know I'm... well let's prove it how many landlords don't put their rent up because they love their tenants so much and there you go. Completely. I mean, there will be some, you know, the, the typical out-of-town investor, London city boy who's bought a flat that he's never even seen. Perhaps not. But there will be certain, the more the landlord type rather than the Ooh. investor type, who the, the care and the service you provide the tenants will be the most important thing to them. And if you assume there's sort of roughly three or at most four personality types that a landlord might fall into well that sort of tenant testimonial tenants gushing about the service you provide will nail that indeed type. and it all comes back down to stories it's all in the book boys and girls thank you for your time today neil cheers